I was waiting for somebody else to talk. I'll do it. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the eight-man prep cast on idosports.com. And why is it special? Because Brandon's not here. Brandon's not here. And, and I can do this because every time I'm in my car or or whatever, I'm listening to a prep cast. Doesn't matter if it's the eight-man. Doesn't matter if it's East Idaho. Without a doubt, he's bashing me at some point thinking I won't hear. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. So we're going to take this opportunity to just – Basically, it's not going to be a prep cast. We're all just going to take turns bashing on Brandon. No, just kidding. He's actually doing a game tonight. He's uh, Lake City at Post Falls. Um, and so he asked me if I would fill in as as the guy just signed, kind of directing traffic. And that's what we're going to do. We decided to go live with it. So that includes all of you as well, all of you eight-man fans uh, getting ready for the postseason. But first, let's let's meet who's here with us. Of course, we've got the... The old standbys, Will Hennessy up in your top right, and Coach Lane Kirtland um, from Cary. Those guys are always here. They've been here all, all year long, adding pearls of wisdom um, to the eight-man prep cast this year. It's been absolutely fantastic having you guys on. Then the bottom left of our mini Brady Bunch block here is the Logan Green. Logan uh, has broadcast more eight-man games this year for Idaho Sports than any of us. Um, you know, Will's been on the sidelines taking pictures of different games. Uh, so, you know, down here to my this side uh, are probably the most uh, educated guys in the eight man ranks, bar none. So as you're watching, make sure you like and share. Uh, make sure you, you know, tell friends and family, hey, you can watch these these jokers do a, a show tonight. It will be archived to watch later on as well. Um so if you want to comment, if you want to ask a question of anyone or of the group, just put it in the comments. We'll see it. Um, and if it's worthy of being answered, we will. Sometimes we just don't because you know who you are. So let's start things off, guys. Let's start at the top, top of the state, way up north. Um, some of the best games going on on this uh, Friday night, tomorrow night. We've got Mullen Tigers, Will. Uh, you know, Coach Spooner up there, you've known him a long time. Have you talked to him at all this year about how he's looking at the playoffs coming up? Uh, not specifically, no. He was having to obviously replace a lot of key players yeah. uh, who really carried the load for the last two, three, four years and uh, asking some new players to step into the forefront, and that's happened. He's got a freshman quarterback, Connor Lulis, who's been great. Uh, John Pruitt, Kofi Apia, they've both done a great job carrying the ball and playing defense. So, um, you know, it's it's never truly a complete plug and play at this level. You have to adapt to the personnel that you have. And and he and, and Jesse Allen, the, the coach from St. Regis over in Montana that coaches with him, yeah. they've done a heck of a job uh, adapting to what they do and I mean, they just keep winning football games. You know, well, that's a good point. And, Coach, I want to ask you that, um, where you get to big schools, you know, you've got 200 kids trying out. You pick the best of the best. When you get into those 2A, 1A schools, you get what you get, right? And you can't really just bring somebody else in most of the time. How did you do it at Cary year after year of having such, such great success there with such a limited student body? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, you you get uh, everything out of everybody you got, and you get everyone, and uh, that's what we really tried to do is promote uh, that this we're having a we're having a blast. Come join us. Um, I coached the seventh and eighth grade as well, and I made sure that uh, those kids had a great experience, and yeah. I brought them along and uh, and made sure I wanted them um, for another four more years, and that uh, that kind of helped us keep the train on the track for quite a little while, but. Uh, 
we had some great kids come along and, and very fortunate in that way for sure. Yeah, he really did. It was always fun to watch you guys come in and out of the playoffs. Looking up north, um, Logan, there's some teams up there as we're heading into the playoffs. Um, they've clinched. Um, maybe some tiebreaker uh, tie scenarios might not be involved in our Logos. have kind of come out this year and really been the team to beat up there. Um, yeah. You know, what have you three guys heard about night this year? I know we webcast a few of their games, Garrison, with our uh, uh, North Idaho game night. Uh, but the Logos Knights have really come out and I think surprised some people this year. It, yeah. Can I jump back? Sorry, I didn't get to. I wanted to speak on your Mullen conversation that you were having earlier. No. Uh, no, I can't. Did. Okay. Well, then yes. I quit. So this is a question, Will, Will, that I probably have for you. Sure. Um, you pro I haven't I haven't seen Mullen play this year. Um Paul, me and you were there. We went uh, a couple years ago. They played Dietrich in the semifinals yeah. in a day that the, the the ground was frozen solid, and everybody just they 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 had a concession stand there, and they sold they sold out of the hot chocolate. That was the only thing anybody yeah. wanted. Uh, it was that type of day. It was really <laughs> it was very cold. But when we seen Mullen right in the playoffs the last couple of years, they had these phenomenal regular season runs. And then they, they just fall short when we get to the playoffs, right? Whether it was on that game in Dietrich or last year at home against Garden yeah. Valley. And will I, do they have it this year in your view to, to get over that hump? What is it that's been missing from from them? It looked like, at least from when I saw this was again, this is two years ago. Um, that made just the offense wasn't there, right? To, to, they couldn't keep up in the speed factor. Is that something that, that has improved for them? Or you think that they're going to be able to get over that hump? Um, so it's kind of like notice, right? We see this with notice, right? Great regular season. And then they get to the playoffs and there's nothing there. So do you see that changing this year? Well, conversation I did have with coach Spooner earlier and coach Kirkland, I'm sure you'll understand exactly what he's talking about when he says that, you know, in some years past, he goes, there's two things. He said, we're too reliant on the home run. We need to get better at sustaining drives, converting third downs, and, and wearing defenses out a little bit. And then he said, and on top of that, when you, when it comes to the playoffs, the, the kryptonite for Mullen St. Regis, and this would be true of almost anybody, it's been having to travel south and play teams yeah. like Dietrich yeah. and, and like Kerry and like Castleford. You know, they've that's a very tough place to play up there because – you know, as you saw yourself, that's it. That can be a really tricky place when the when the weather is not good. Yeah. Um, you know, you turn that thing into a mud pit and then you just roll the ball out there and see what happens. You get down here, conditions are generally a little bit more fair. Uh, the talent may be a little bit deeper than it is up in District 1. And it's a long bus ride to come down here and, and face some of the teams that they've had to face in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, answers your question point. about yeah. Mullen. You got more. I mean, Mullen's always yeah, had I just right. They've always had really big guys. Yeah. Yes, and it's it's just one of those. It's just like it's going to happen at some point, right? It, it has to. They have to break through eventually. Just selfishly, I hope to see it. Right. It's we don't ever root against anybody, but we hope to see teams that have been right there kind of punch through to the next level. And I think they're one of those ones that's just been just been right there kind of lurking on the outside and hopefully they can, they can find a way to get it done. I always root against the Raiders. That, that's kind of a general rule in my book. Not the Rimrock Raiders. Oh yeah. That's what I meant. No, of course not. No, <laughs> Raiders. 
You know, one, one thing about Mullen before we'll, we go on is they've got – he's a freshman quarterback, correct? Yes. He's a freshman? Yeah. How big is that? I mean, having a freshman quarterback – I mean, you look at Kendrick, right? They had a freshman quarterback who now is senior, and, you know, he's done a couple of good things up there the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. As a freshman quarterback, you can only go up from there. And so they have success as a freshman, build guys around it. Uh, you know, Coach – in, in your coaching history there, how many freshman starters did you have a quarterback? Uh, zero. Really? <laughs> zero. Um, we've started quite a few as, as sophomores for sure, but none at freshmen. That's a, freshmen. That's a pretty high, high level of play right there. And it is. We, we'll never find that kind of athlete at that, that age yet. Yeah, you're right. So when you do see it, it's kind of like, whoa, it's either, okay, the first day of practice, okay, who, who can throw further than 20 yards? Great, your quarterback, put on a different jersey number. Or if you've got the guys like like you always had, and I think that's a, that's a pretty good uh, gift to have is you don't have to put people in certain positions. So, yeah, Mullen, Mullen is and Mullen's dash St. Regis uh, with a freshman quarterback. They're going to be uh, fun to watch over the next two, three, four years. All right, yeah. Regis. I found Surge in their gas station like five years ago. I was like, "Where? Where did this? Who pulled this out of some dark closet?" And I oh, bought all I, the I hair. I'm just I guarantee. Surge, kids. Surge is a drink from the '90s. Uh, a, a the expiration mouth. date might have been from the '90s. <laughs> I didn't I look. I didn't look. I just. I, I, just, I doubt they make it anymore. I mean, it's, it's against the it's FDA going, standards, probably. It's like they put Squirt and Mountain Dew together, and it, it was a bad marriage. Uh, it was, and then, and then and made it, Mellow Yellow, baby. <laughs> mellow Yellow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll admit, I have to drink Mellow Yellow sometimes when when the Dew's not there. It's like, hey, do you have Mountain Dew? No, we have Mellow Yellow. Ugh. All right. He just okay. leaves. He's like, I'm out. Mount, I'm mountain Mist. The Shasta Mountain Mist. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, speak, speaking of the Dew, I just want to shout out to Paul for, uh, you know, Help me join the squad here. Uh, buying me this Mountain Dew hat. Uh, Brandon sends something uh, kind of nasty, of course, against Paul and said, "Oh, Brandon, will uh, uh, Paul's probably going to wear that it was Mountain Dew hat?" Oh, okay. you know, yeah. It was Will. Will it. Oh, there you go, Will. Yeah. And so, uh, what do I get in the mail yesterday? Oh, beautiful black Mountain Dew hat. I hope yeah, Paul will wear that stupid Mountain Dew hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wear it in class tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Every, every time we would come do games there, you know, they would say, okay, here's the number to our Brewster Club resident. Just text them anything you want. Okay, Mountain Dew, two seconds later, bam, it's there. Yeah, it's fantastic. But, uh, you know, Will, he goes and does that. I make a little reel, of, uh, reel about it, put it on Instagram and stuff. It had 5,300 views on it in a couple days, Will. So uh, you're a hated man to 5,300 people. Or loved man. Mm, maybe. One of the two. Could have gone either way. Could have gone either way. Man, we're only two minutes into it. And we're already off the rails. Didn't That's why I'm looking forward to this. Well, forward well to one it. time, I, me and your son, your Will, Paul, you guys were at Cary doing a game when we were watching it, driving back. It was Kendrick. It was the Kendrick Oakley game last year. And uh, as soon as it pops on, somebody from Cary had asked you a question. And the first thing we hear on the broadcast is, yes, I will take a Mountain Dew. If they offer it, I'm going to cut off. If I'm talking to the president of the United States and someone says, would you like a Mountain Dew? Yeah, yeah, I'll take one. <laughs> you know, Coach, something I always hear whenever I'm listening to a carry broadcast, because Paul always volunteers to do those. 
he always comments how the broadcast area is directly in the the jet stream of whoever is cooking the burgers. And yeah. so all he can do is smell the burgers as they're cooking. He talks about it more than the game sometimes. Kind of like, kind of like tonight, actually. It's important. I'm telling you, it's important. There are, there are worse places to do a game than carry. There are worse places. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get myself in trouble. Uh, but I, Lee J., Lee J. Cook actually gave me a call this week, uh, the AD at carry. And he doesn't say hi. And I can say, hey, how's it going? He doesn't say hi. He says, so are my cheeseburgers not good enough for you to come anymore? And I went, no, it's your team. <laughs> and he just, he did, I, I said oh. I was kidding. I said Ooh. I was kidding. Twist. He Take almost, I mean, yeah, I, 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 was, I was kidding. I was kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't. I shared too much. I shared too much. All right. Let's take a look at another game being broadcast um, this week. And I believe um, Brandon's going to be there. Is that tomorrow night, Logan? Yeah, uh, the Clark Fork and uh, Lakeside. It's yes. funny because we've uh, that's the second time we've covered. Is that the the first regular season double dip? I think probably. I'm sure there's a record in the book in there somewhere, but the second time we've covered that game this year. Yeah, we've. This might be the second game we've covered for Clark Fork. Period in the period. history. Yeah. So that is the record books. I mean, Lakeside also a very tough team this year. Um, I think Quincy Quincy Hall four rushing touchdowns last week. Um, they know how to play football in the Lakeside. You know, coming up against Clark Fork, Wampus Cats, Knights. Who are you guys looking at for that? Will start with you. Um, Lakeside got the first game, um, and one thing uh, I think Brandon did that game as well. One thing we talked about on the uh, on this podcast after the fact was that uh, Clark Fork head coach Patrick Young was. Very comfortable running that play clock all the way down, pick up five yards, run that play clock all the way down, pick up five yards, and and really try and control the ball and control the clock. And, um, you know, if, if they're able to do that up there in Clark Fork, uh, I, I think they've got a really good chance to pull it off. They've got a good, a good squad there. They had a little bit of – they started a little bit slow, but they played better the last couple of weeks from, from all appearances and from what I'm hearing. And and when you're at home and you're at Clark Fork, yeah, you know, as long as they hold on to that football and if they can control that line of scrimmage, I like their chances. Yeah, Clark Fork, it's a beautiful place as well. I went up there for that Castleford Clark Fork game last year uh, in the playoffs, and it was fantastic. It was a good time. So, um, Coach, I mean, it, it's a long ways away, but have you really kind of kept track of of Lakeside up there and seen what they've done this year? I've, I've just followed Lakeside's record over the years and seen that they, they yeah. do pretty well. They got some tradition going there, but uh, I kind of like what Will's talking about there. I, I think a second game is hard to win sometimes, and uh, maybe Clark Folk will make those adjustments and make uh, a few less errors this time and, uh, and pull off the win at home. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, when teams play each other in, re- in the regular season, they they kind of give up their cards a little bit. You know, there's not a lot of plays they can tuck in the back in the back pocket for later. Um, it's really a matter of, okay, we both know what we're going to do. Uh, you have to come out and stop us. We have to come out and stop you. And and that's really when it, when it comes down to these, you know, first early round or end of season games and heading into that first round of the playoffs. That's really what it comes down to. I, you know, I think is it's, it's not a matter of secrecy where no one's hiding game film. It's everybody knows what we've got. Everybody knows what we do. 
let's go play some football. Um, you know, Logan, you're, you're a transplant, you know, North Carolina. Um, you've lived in Idaho a long time, but you have really gotten um, the reputation for really knowing uh, the teams. I remember the first year we worked together, we're driving somewhere and I did this little trivia thing. Okay. Tell me, tell me the mascot for this school. This school. You knew them all. Um, sure. and so that's really the big reason we, you know, we brought you into this prep cast tonight is your, you know, deep knowledge of, of these eight man teams coming in um, statewide. So, you know, you and I have talked about um, some of those North teams, you know, let's work down to Kendrick, for example, you know, you've seen Kendrick how many times this year, three, yeah, and they're 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 phenomenal. I mean, if if you go back to that last game, y'all were talking about though. One thing to keep an eye on is Lakeside when they beat Clark Fork that first time. Obviously, y'all said it; they were at home, but they had just they had just beaten Wallace and just beaten Deary. They were on a two game win streak, came in to win that one. They're coming into this one on a four game losing streak. Something to keep an eye on, right? Is the momentum more on the side of Clark Fork right now? Um, just something to keep an eye on. But like you said, Kendrick is just. I mean, they're just the the elephant or the tiger in the room, right? They're just, yeah, they are what they are. I mean, they're just good. I don't know how many we've seen them play. I've probably done seven or eight Kendrick games since their, their quote dynasty started rolling up there. And I, Ty kept just keeps getting better. Um, it doesn't matter which Hewitt kid they put on the field. He's going to score three or four touchdowns a game um, that, you know, I, I don't know what's going to stop them right now at this point. You know, I'm going to go back to something Will said um, at the top of this. Uh, and I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was, we can't keep relying on the home run, right? And and I that took me right to Kendrick. You know, I was at that Kendrick Grace game um, last week, and they, they had a little bit, I mean, not a lot of trouble. I mean, they ended up winning pretty good. But there was that little trouble with the, if, if they tried to get second, third downs or, you know, trying to make short plays. I mean, they go big. You know, Hewitt can run a mile. Uh, I kept can throw a mile. But can they keep relying on that home run? And is the chink in their armor, if there is one, really the short game, so to speak, Will? Um, you know, if you can't rely on the long game, if you come up against a defense that's going to defend a lot of that, are they going to be able to adjust? Well, a couple things. Um, Grace, especially early in that game, um, their defense was able to get Kendrick into a couple third and longs and Kendrick converted. Um, and then you go back to Logan. I'm sure you were on this game earlier when they played Oakley early in that game, Oakley had them in some third and longs and it wasn't going great for Kendrick early. But the one thing that they have is they've got so many playmakers, whether yes. it's Kep or whether it's Fitzmorris or whether it's Hewitt or whether it's Twite, or what, I mean, just go down the list. They go yeah. like eight or nine deep, and you can scheme to take away one thing, but then that just opens up just gaping holes in, oh, in other areas. And, yep. and that was the thing that really stuck with me from that Grace game is that they didn't have much success running inside early in the game. So, okay, we'll just take some shots down the field and, oh, look, there's an open receiver, there's an open receiver, there's an open receiver, and all of a sudden it's 30 to nothing against the number four 1A Division One team in the state. Right, right. And I think I was talking – I think it was Logan. I was talking to you, maybe it was to Will this week, about how many of the – maybe it was Will during the game. You know, how many of the top five 1A D1 teams has, has uh, Kendrick, who's 1A D2, beat this week? Or beat this year, three, three of them. Yeah, three of them. 
I mean, how, and you know, often, how often does a team in a lower division beat three of the of the top five teams in a, in a division above it? And and handily at that, not really. In uh, nope. Butte County, I, I I was there for that one, and that you know, unfortunately, that game ended early. Hopefully, everything is going well with Mr. Uh, Waymeyer. But uh, I mean, Butte County actually got that game to a one score game in the second half. Or a ten point something like that. They they were able to cut into it in Butte County. That's where they're they're my sneaky one for one AD one. We're kind of jumping around here, but uh, when it comes to state, I would I would I would look out for them. Just just they're the ones to hang around the best. I thought with with Kendrick this year. We will um, we will definitely talk about Butte County. Yeah, a little bit further out. First, let, let's wrap up the, the top part um, and using some of the notes that Brandon wrote up for us. Um, Lakeside at Clark Fork. Winner gets the second spot to state as both teams are two and three in league play. So that's a pretty big game. Lakeside Clark Fork um, coming out of that game, that second spot to state. Yeah, I mean it's a play-in game, right? It's the it's already yep. week one of the playoffs for a lot of teams this week, and it's no different for these two this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be uh that's going to be exciting. Now he's got um, Lewis County Deary. Um, it's kind of his game of the week, he says, um, with a lot of information that hopefully you guys read and went over. Uh, Lewis County, one and one White Pine. Uh, you know, it was a close game um, last year or last week, Lewis County Deary, close game. Um, coming all the way down to the end uh, with a forced fumble. But Lewis County, the Eagles, um, you know, they've kind of been a, I don't know, the District 2 version of a flyover state um, for a while. Um, I don't know. Have you guys? I don't think any of you guys have seen them play this year, have you? You you saw them? I went and watched them play against Tri Valley, and it's. <clears throat> I mean, they they have two or three playmakers, and led by Gage Crow, senior running back, who's at something like eleven hundred yards rushing in the last three weeks. Um, so they put the ball in his hands, and and they say go make something happen, and. For the last few weeks, more often than not, he has. Now they play Timberline this week, so there's it, it's Kendrick playing Deary and and Timberline playing Lewis County. And the prevailing thought is that Kendrick will take care of of Deary and that Lewis County will take care of Timberline and Lewis County will get that second playoff spot. But right. coach, you know, you've again you've been in this spot before where you're going to play a team. Timberline has their horseback. Ryland West, who was hurt early in the year, was was injured, missed several games. Well, he's back now. And you've got two big, strong kids that are running back slash linebackers that are going to be going nose to nose in that game. And I don't know that that one's the, the, the lock of the week that maybe some people think it is. Timberline could definitely give Lewis County some trouble. It sure could. Uh, I've seen it before where players who've been out and injured have come back towards the end of the season and they're, they're great leaders and, and some of their top players, if not the best player. And it propels everybody and uh, they just follow that dude. And uh, they've gained experience without him now, a little bit of depth, and then they're able to go forward and to, to take that enthusiasm into this, this big game that really matters and, and maybe pull it off. Now, in the case of there is a tiebreaker, guys. Uh, Brandon sent that in the White Pine League Constitution. If two teams, I didn't know, I didn't know leagues had constitutions. First off, that's kind of cool. 
You need to listen to the podcast more. We've talked about it with Coach Kirkland. He wrote I one. I like listening because you guys just bag on me. Why would I listen to that? To hear Is it going to be on, on the back of a dollar bill one day when you guys signed the Constitution? Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know you guys were still doing this until two and a half days ago. No, just kidding. It says if two teams split or three or more teams tie and no head-to-head decisions have been made, the champion will be determined using a point system as follows. A victory will count as a plus for the winning team, a minus for the losing team, depending on the final margin of victory. Down, 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 down will go. Games decided by 20 or more will count no more or less than plus or minus 20. So Lewis County is plus two against Deary. Deary is minus two against Lewis County, of course, plus two against Timberline, and Timberline down 20 to Deary. So Lewis County with that plus two, um, kind of like you said, Will, things just have to play out. Lewis County's going to have it, right? Yeah, they're in, they're in the best spot. I mean, it's they're the win and you're in team. So if they yeah. take care of business tomorrow night, they'll be they'll be fine. But you know, Timberline's going to have something to say about that. They will. They beat Salmon River last week, um, which Salmon River's kind of like uh, you know Carrie. They they dominated forever, but then at some point the pendulum has to swing the other way for a year or two, and that's kind of where they're at. Um, you know, how many how many years was it where? Oh, Sam and Irvers back in the championship. Yeah. Always right. against Carey. It was for 10 years. It was the yeah, Sam right? River and Carey classification. Yep. In fact, it might have been against Carey. I watched I watched them win a championship at BSU at like 10 o'clock in the morning uh, one year. And Sam and River had like 13 guys on their sideline. That might have been yep. against Carey. It was a long time ago. Was that not Carey? And it was 07, and it went till 11 p.m. And on the last play of the game. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Good old days. Good old days, we call those. It's almost 20 years Way ago. to bring that up. He's not going to be yeah. able to sleep tonight now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Still hurts. Yeah. But to be fair, you dished out your share of nightmares to other coaches <laughs> well over the years. So likely. Yeah. Likely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely did. All right, let's head down just a little bit further now. Let's, uh, unless you guys have some more to talk about District One and Two, anything? I had a few words about Kendrick. Uh, you know, I think, I think they're just shifting through the gears. Uh, I know there's teams, uh, D two teams that have played three D one teams in a year. I don't know if that that kind of caliber that we've seen get beat this year between uh, Oakley and second gear and Butte County third gear and Gray's fourth gear. I think we're just they're starting to shift through them all, and now we're gonna we're gonna hit that, you know, this the yep. fifth gear here coming up. So um, Kendrick's playing really well. Yeah, how many gears can you have, right? You know, I, I was looking, like I, said, I mentioned that I was at that game in Homedale, looking on the sidelines. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids out there for both. But I was down talking to uh, Zane and Ken Hobart before the game just went on. And they both turned around and looked at at Grace and said, "They're a lot bigger than they look like on film." <laughs> and and I looked, I'm like, "There's some big boys." Um, yeah, there, there's there's a couple big guys on that Grace team um, that that and were got a couple big boys too. When you're talking about <laughs> Dallas Morgan and Boyer and Kimberling, yeah. and you go up and down the list, you know they're Kimberling. they're not taking a back seat to very many teams size wise and strength wise. Nope. nope. Absolutely. All right. Let's and they, I mean, they're they're just committed all the way around. It was awesome when we did the Butte County game. We took some shout outs. Game was at three o'clock, and we had multiple elementary classes 
text in and say, Hey, we're watching the game. Can you say hi to my class? So uh, it's not, it's not just a, uh, um, you know, right there thing for Kendrick. It's everybody's involved. They're, they're, they're watching the game in class, you know, type thing. So it's, uh, that's fun. They're, they're all in up there. Yeah. In the old days, we used to really focus heavy on taking shout outs during every broadcast. And that was always so much fun. I mean, uh, you know, during state wrestling, we would get those, you know, they would bring TVs into uh, like Lakeland, I remember, into the elementary classrooms and, and they would just be watching, you know, watching, emailing in. That was always so much fun. Uh, just it, it was a big watch party, a statewide watch party with a few thousand of your best friends you'd never met. It was just it was a lot of fun. I missed those days. It was uh, it was a good time. So, all right, let's go down. Let's hit District 3, guys. Um, Logan, this is kind of your uh, your forte. You do the Treasure Valley prep cast. Um, you're here doing the eight-man prep cast. But you know these teams pretty well. Of course, Notice. Notice the big team to look at. Um, I believe Notice is clinched at this point, correct? Yes. Yeah. And and you got – Coach Kirkland, you, you guys played Notice right in the first round last year, I believe. Um, so you probably have a better idea. They're, they're that that team, right, the last couple of years that has won their regular season games, kind of rolled through, but then just hasn't been able to get it done. So may I do you, and and Will, you're you're pretty into that area. Maybe you guys might know a little bit more of. I mean, I I think if they have a great opportunity this week, it's a great tune-up, right? And I say tune-up. That's a, that's that doesn't mean it's a tune-up for Valley. It's not saying Valley is a tune-up game, right? You know, like they're the FCS school you're playing, but but playing a good quality non-conference opponent before you're going to play a good, you know, uh, playoff team. Do you think that will help them out over the next few weeks when we get into state at all? Or and like maybe from your guys' point of view, what is it that they? What, what's their next step for notice? I think uh, I think there'll be a, a good uh, opportunity for them to play somebody out of out of league and out of out of conference and someone from District Four, and the same for Valley to see what kind of test they might might uh, give to them and, and show some some more of uh, that uh, stuff they get, that they gave to Lighthouse. Uh, however, I know that uh, notice over the years, and I could bounce back clear to 92, 93, and ninety four. Um, where it was uh, they just couldn't get quite past that uh, that next level. They were 10 and0 all three of those years and uh, Kerry went over there and and, uh, and took care of business and then we did the same uh, last year against a great notice team with a lot of speed and, and great coaching. but uh, I think it'll be a good matchup for both teams and notice and and give them a good test to see what they got against district four and a, and a hungry, really pretty talented, um, rising Valley team that's, that's doing well. They, they, they got whooped last week, but they'll, they'll rebound. Yeah. Logan, you mentioned uh, earlier that, uh, um, you know, you were talking about Mullen. You're kind of waiting for them to kind of break through Mullen St. Regis. District 3 in the 1A Division One classification in general, it's been a while. Um, yeah. Notice had a team, I believe it was in the quarterfinals a couple years ago, where their starting quarterback gets hurt like – six plays into the game right um, and they, they, arena, i think yeah they have to bring in a, a a freshman quarterback who's still there benny guevara and you know the kid played his butt off and notice played their butt off but you just you can't take that big of a piece out and not really feel a ripple effect unless you're kendrick you know what i mean um they're you know they've they've been that team notice for the past several years where 
um, the conference as a whole being down, I don't think has done them a lot of favors. Um, I think that that tests that they could have used that in years past they've gotten when Idaho City has been what Idaho City normally is. I mean, that's a brawl. When Wilder is what Wilder normally is, that's a brawl. In the last couple of years, it hasn't been. Both those programs have been kind of resetting. So notice is kind of, I don't want to say sleepwalked through the season because that's not fair to notice and their kids and their staff, but they've, they've been able to cruise a little bit and then they've gotten to the playoffs and it's ratcheted up two or three levels on them and They've just, they've just had a hard time answering that bell. They have the pieces to do it. They have the players. Coach Kirkland, you mentioned the coaching. You know, Joe Woodland, the head coach there, does a fantastic job. And, yeah. you know, it, they need, when they get into the playoffs, that's where this Valley game is going to come in handy because Valley is a team that's playing for its playoff life this weekend. They need this game pretty badly. And so they're going to give notice everything they have, which is going to give notice a good set for, you know, a good look for, for the playoffs when those get going. And, and one of the, one of the fun things about playing someone from uh, at a league at a conference uh, is you, you can open up that playbook. Um, teams can scout you really well, but you don't know really how fast or how tough kids are until you match up on that field and that playbook can open wide up and, and it can be a lot of fun. Yeah. That notice Valley game was one that I was, Kind of, I'm not on a game this weekend. It's state soccer, um, a few other things, so I was kind of um, kind of hang back and stuff. But I thought about going to do that, um, and I think that would have been a fun one. Now it turns out I'm going to Eastern Idaho to do some Grid Kid Championships on Saturday, so I'm leaving tomorrow. But that Notice Valley game is going to be, you know, one that I wish I could watch. It's going to be uh, a ton of fun. But speaking of that, there's that Tri Valley game, um, guys. That I want, you know, Logan. You've done Garden Valley two weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, Will, you said you, you've seen Tri-Valley play. Um, you know, Garden Valley is playing Tri-Valley for second and third. What can you guys do? Let's start with Will um, on the Tri-Valley side. Kind of preview that matchup for everybody that's going to be played tomorrow night. They've got a couple home run hitters in, in Clayton Harper, the – 1A, you know, 100-meter state champion. And I watched him against Lewis County a couple weeks ago, and he had a couple plays, you know, just sweet plays, nothing super tricky or super special about it, no real secrets. And just look at him, and he's just got a gear that not many 1A kids have. Um, and if he gets the edge, and Coach Kirkland, we talked about this young man a couple of weeks ago, he reminds me a lot of Monty Hicks, the Idaho City running back from the early 2000s where, you know, if, if, if he gets the corner, don't bother chasing him. Just send your PAT team on the field because it's, it's over. It's done. And then Jace Wagner, the quarterback, he's a nice, he's a, he's a nice player. He's a young player. He's a sophomore. He's, uh, he can throw the ball a bit. He can definitely is an adept runner. Um, and then Gage Warren, another young man who's uh, – he wasn't at 100% a couple of weeks ago when we saw him, from what I understand, but a very talented two-way player. Uh, they're, I mean, they're explosive. And, and if, you don't, if you don't play good assignment football and if you don't tackle, Tri-Valley is going to gash you, and they're going to put up big yards and big points. Okay, Logan, uh, you go ahead and preview Garden Valley, but, uh, Will, I have to tell you, the funniest thing you said right there was bring out your PAT team. We're, we're, this is the eight-man prep cast. This this isn't eleven-man. Hey, 
Garden Valley will bring out a PAT. Yes, boy. My timing sucks tonight. Or it's Yeah, way to go, Paul. <laughs> yeah, Garden Valley's probably got the best kicking team of an eight-man program we've seen in years, right, Logan? Yeah, Timo can get out there and boot it, man. He uh he he there's been a few extra points I've seen over the last few weeks that would have been good from 35 or 40 yards. He definitely, you know, clears the so clears Timo's the post. Old, I always joke I'm like from up there, right? Sorry. Timo? Timo's an old family name from up in Garden Valley. No, he's actually in oh, foreign exchange, exchange student. student from yes. Germany. Yes. So, um, do they still chant his name when it's time to kick, like the bench and the crowd and everybody? Uh, they they don't. I have I heard that story, but they at least the last two weeks they haven't done that. Now, oh, albeit there wasn't much opportunity last week against Council, um, and that that's a whole nother. Yeah, Another we're thing. not going to get into that until we. Have yeah, to. yeah, no, we we got time. It's we got time. Um, uh, but um, Garden Valley, they have got they got to shore up the defense. That's what worries me in this in this game, right? That that Tri Valley, like you know, I've heard Will talk all about them and how you know great they are on offense. They're explosive. Garden Valley is too. Um, they want to keep the ball on the ground, right? They're, they're going to roll Tacoma Kelly out as much as possible and let him do it with his legs. And if he can find the gap, he'll run it. If not, he'll he'll throw it to somebody downfield. I, they've got multiple options at, at receiver. Uh, you know, Brown out there, he can catch it. Um, and then on the ground, they're gonna put, they're gonna line up and they're gonna plow it through with with corn, right? Um, Trevor Corn is gonna rumble through. And and if you and that's one thing, the the stark difference, right? Horseshoe Bend could not bring him down in that game two weeks ago that he would run through and he would fight through the first two or three guys. And I'm sure coach Kirkland probably appreciates a guy like that, right? That it's hard to bring down. Um, and, but then on the opposite side council, there was that, that didn't happen. Uh, council brought him down and it, it was tough for garden Valley to, to put any points on. They contained Kelly. And, and so that, that's something to watch out for. Will, will try Valley be able to contain, uh, Tacoma, I I swear I did want the game two weeks ago and I said all the Kelly names. I said Covey, I said Gavin, I said Tacoma. I can't keep them straight. There's too many. Like your own kids when they're in trouble. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Miles, no, Owen, no Parker. No, yeah. Um, but you, well, I think it can be safe just saying Parker and Pinky, and it's probably going to be Parker. It's it's actually Miles. That's the one that's uh, he's usually the one. But but. Every you time know, that, that meeting, it's always Parker, get out of the fridge. <laughs> yeah, he's just the one that's always around. But uh, he, th- that's my thing with this game, right? Is that Garden Valley can score, um, but even in that game to to Horseshoe Bend, in a game that was that was pretty much over, they they couldn't just get that stop. And Horseshoe Bend was still around. They still they kept scoring. That fourth quarter took an hour. Um, because Horseshoe Bend kept punching it in, they just wouldn't go away. And I and I was waiting to see that you know final punch from Garden Valley, right in that game to just finish them off. And it just kept they just kept sneaking with it. And so that 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 would be my opinion. I don't know what you would say, Will, but I mean I would almost lean towards Tri Valley in this game for that reason because well, I, I think mean, they're going to they're going to score. I mean I I'd, I'd like to hear from Coach Kirkland on this as a guy who's had a couple prolific offenses in his career. It's a lot of times when you get a couple of teams that are really good at throwing haymakers like these two, you know, who can mix in a couple of stops. And that's probably going to be the team that I, w- I would guess wins the game. 
Yeah, I I think you got to make uh, right now. It's coming down to who who makes the fewest mistakes, of course, in games that are tied like that, and uh, offenses that are like like the those guys call. I know Yearsley's got some good experience, and he loves rolling that quarterback out, run around, and finding somebody that's open. He's really good at that. But uh, Tri Valley seems to have some good grounding going on right now with the speed to back it up and putting points on the board. So I think it's going to come down to the fewest mistakes. Uh, and the, maybe the best coach, coaching and the best play calls. Well, let me ask you this, guys. So a lot of times when you've got two teams matched up like that, everything – I always get confused. Everything Coach said is true. But one thing I've seen is special teams make a huge difference. Special teams can make that, that one, that two really big place to get the ball back or kick it deep, you know, whatever they can do, pin them on the five-yard line. If special teams can come out – sometimes they're the ones that actually make a big difference if you're going to get the win or the loss in a game like that. So between those two, Will, Logan, special teams. You said, uh, Logan, they've got a kicker, but it's not always just a kicker on special teams. It's everybody else. So talk to me. Um, how does special but Here's the thing. Garden Valley Council, I think, converted one of their two-point conversions that entire game. Maybe one. If it, if it wasn't one, it was none. Oh, I think they, they got one. Uh, Garden Valley could stop that extra point attempt. They were very good at that. They did it against Horseshoe Bend. They did it against uh, against Council, even though they lost. And if it comes down to that, we've seen a lot of games. All, it doesn't matter the classification that come down to that. And they've got a kicker. They don't have to punch it in. They don't have to get pick up three yards. They can boot it, and that's not they can. And he's effective. And so, yeah, it, it could come down to it. And I mean, the big story with this one is the winner of this game gets a home game in the playoffs. Uh, it's a big deal. You are at home that that opening week, and you are going to play the second place team um, from District Two, right? So you're going to get the we talked about it earlier. Probably whether it's Deary or Timberline, you're you're going to get one of them more than likely having to come down here. If you lose this game, you have to go on the road and play the second place team, either Clark Fork or Lakeside. Um, so you know a couple of games we've talked about. It, it's 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 a big. Right. We talked about Mullen having to go on the road a lot and how that that factors in. Um, I think either one of these teams has a great shot, even on the road up at a Clark Fork or at a lakeside. But you definitely would probably rather be home um, on opening weekend. So, you know, lots of storylines. And, you know, if you win this game, you're if you if you can get through that to that next round, you play the winner of District 5-6 in that next game, which if you're looking at it on paper, I think I would rather play them than Camas County, who most likely is going to win District 4. Yeah, I think that the the 2-3 game here, not that it doesn't matter who wins, but you're you're popping the champagne with the 1972 Dolphins that you're not on the same side of the bracket as Kendrick. You, right. know, you feel like you have a little bit easier path to maybe make a deep playoff run, whether that means you have to go to Clark Fork or whether that means you stay at home and, and you play Lewis County. I think that um, I think both teams very quietly when no one was listening would agree, you know, it, you want to win the district championship, you know, that you want to win the long pin. There's pride in that. But both those teams right now are looking at council saying, have fun on that side of the bracket because that yeah. side of the bracket is lining up to be a beast. All right. Uh, hang on, Logan, crack your knuckles. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, I got to introduce this, Logan. So he's been fired up on council, uh, not on council, but the situation that council 
could is in. Okay. Um, Logan, I'm going to let you explain it. And then I really want to get um, some perspective from Lane as a coach and then yeah. from Will as a longtime advocate uh, of all of this. Now, remember that 1AD1s have moved on to um, the max preps rankings. 1AD2 um, is the only bracket, I think one of the only brackets left um, in any sport um, that, that's the old school, right? You, you know where your seed is going to be on the bracket. So in 1AD1 with the max preps rankings, I'm going to say the word that triggers uh, Logan and go, council and max preps, go. Yeah. <laughs> well, so in this, I would love to hear, Coach Kirkland, your point of view on this. Having no, I'm going to jump you... in real quick again. The people that are watching, if you've got questions, comments, shout outs, kick them into the comments as you're watching, and we'll kick, we'll, we'll put them up on the air, especially when we get into this topic of councils. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Logan. Go ahead. So, so, Will, you hit on it, right? Um, Council wins that game against Garden Valley and punches their ticket. Um, you know, they, they win the division. They win their district, whatever. Um, and all they do is set up a second-round date with Kendrick. Um, and I said this on the Treasure Valley prep cast, and I know nobody wants to hear a millennial say these words, but that's not fair. Um, it's it's it just, from my point of view, that, that is just brutal. And I get it. Um, and... and you play who's in front of you. If you want to win a championship, you got to go through the best. But you, you know, talking points. It really, um, it re you know, I feel like when we go to max preps, is it perfect? No, and and you know, you're going to talk to eight people and get eight different answers on what the best format is. Um, but we've seen at least towards the end, we have the the best teams left, and we're not gonna we're not gonna have that. We're not we are not gonna have we are gonna be missing one of the best three teams on semifinal weekend. Uh -huh. And that's, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's up for debate. I think that is what it is. And I can't believe council doesn't get as much love in the media poll. Um, their three losses have come to Kendrick Butte County um, and, and grace. Those are their three. Those are their three losses. Yeah. And, and people are, are just kind of ignoring them. And that was a very good football team that I saw last week against garden Valley. Yeah. And they're a team that should, I think, have that we're going to miss out on a Camas County Council opportunity to play for a state championship. That those two playing each other, that would be an awesome game. Um, I've seen both of them play this year. I think that would be that would be the best one of the best games on the bracket altogether. Um, and so, and Council, they're going to be sitting at home while a team with that is not even in the ballpark with them is playing in the semifinals. And so that it just doesn't always sit. That just doesn't sit right with me um, with that. And, and I'm it, the thing is council is not going to complain about it. They're just going to get up and, you know, if they win that first round game, which I would expect them to do, they're going to go up there and they're going to give Kendrick their best shot. But that doesn't take away from the fact that that is, it just, when you look at it, you could put, Camas County has been number two all year long, right? But I, I, I really think seeing them both that that council, there's no reason that they couldn't be in that conversation for that number two spot, and we're, we're we could potentially see one versus two in the quarterfinals, and I think that's that's not uh, you know to those kids for council or Kendrick. Cause let's let's say council beats Kendrick, right? You know, uh, that should be a championship game or a semifinal matchup, right? I, I think that I'll get off my soapbox, but I I know. The guys in council have been looking at that and they might not want to say anything about it and look 
uh, you know, look petty or whatever. Cause uh, that's what you're us. And that's what I'm for. I'll take it. I have no shame. I love to complain. So here I am. Um, and, and so I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts, coach Kirkland. I, I don't know if you guys were ever in a situation like that where, you know, you, you got a one versus two in the quarterfinals or, or something similar and how you deal with that. And, and, you know, you're just going to go out and do your best, but you know, there's something about playing a state championship game that, that even if you don't win it, you're there, you played for a state championship that, that potentially one team won't get a shot at. Right. My, my thoughts on that are uh, and being in the D2 for a long time um, and having a set bracket before you, you could see where you were going to end up in and know if that was going to happen or not. I don't know if I've seen that happen in that bracket um, in a quarterfinal that I, that I can recall. I'm sure it, it possibly has, but uh, usually that team gets to the semis and you get a shot at least going to the title game. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it is unfortunate that one of those great teams has to stay home. Um, it can happen in max preps as well. Even in a semifinal game, you don't get the two best teams in the state championship. And uh, two You're not talking about last year, are you, Coach? Year. You're not? No. no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> anyway, um, that's, that's just the way that it goes. And uh, you just got to play your best game. And the road to the championship goes right through the middle of the sewer. So hang on and, and do your best. And and finish with pride where we end up and and just be proud of where you where you came from. Now, Will, um, you know, one thing that I think Idaho needs to kind of wrap their heads around or change their thinking on now that we're using uh, those rankings versus everything else is that rankings or, or the max preps seedings, right? They're not they're not rankings, even though you, you would hope they are. But you're looking at seedings versus rankings. And they're two completely different things. And unfortunately, everybody looks at rankings and goes, well, here's one through eight. You know, how come number 18 is here and, and, and whatnot? But unfortunately, I don't think it's a good thing. I think that we are at a point now where rankings do not equal seedings when it comes to state tournaments. So, um, you know, go ahead and kick in your thoughts on that um, with what Logan was saying about council and stuff. But you, you've been in the sports media, you know, longer than I have. Uh, you know, I met you on the sidelines at a Homedale game in 2000 before, yeah. before yeah. we were even, you know, five years before we were broadcasting. I was taking pictures. You had a $100,000 camera on your shoulder. And... 100,000 pounds, not $100,000. <laughs> but that's where we met, right? And so you and I have been in the game as far as sports media a long time. We've seen a lot of changes happen. We've seen good things and bad things. So I'm, I'm really anxious to hear what your take is on that. Uh, I, I agree with what you're saying in that 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 rankings that are generated by people are rarely, if ever, going to match what a computer is spitting out based on data. And I think that one of the biggest problems, issues, pick your word, is that we don't know exactly what goes into that formula. So if right. you're a coach for one of these teams and you're trying to kind of figure out in your mind how – how do I put my team in the best possible position to do well in these rankings? Like if, if I lose, is it going to matter if I lose by eight or by 12, you know, is it, what, what's going to matter? What's not going to matter. I think that that hurts. Uh, the one thing I struggle with and, and Logan, going back to what you said and coach, maybe you, having been in the D two ranks for a long time, maybe you have a good answer that I've never heard. 
Um, I'm fine with kind of predetermining that opening round, if you will. But then at that point, once you've played the opening round, how hard can it possibly be to get a representative from each district on a Zoom call Sunday morning for an hour to seed those remaining teams one through eight? How hard can it be? How long can it take? I know that maybe, and I, I'm throwing you in there just for sake of example, Coach Kirkland, maybe that's not something you would want to do. Maybe that's not something that Mr. Cook would want to do. But determine a representative to represent your district and go in there. And if you have to be an advocate for your rival, you're an advocate for your rival. But what you're doing is you're really advocating for the best matchups, one through eight, to give the teams that deserve uh, the number one ranking, the number two ranking, the number three ranking, whatever it is, um, get the right team on the right line going forward. And there, there just seems to be a resistance to doing that. But, Paul, I know you've said this before. They can see how many hundreds of wrestlers every year for the state tournament, and we can't seed eight football teams or eight basketball teams. I just – and I, Yeah, and it's always a brawl. I mean, I, I've actually been in the IHSA offices years and years ago, obviously, but when that was going on, you know, and it's my kid did this, and they beat him and beat him who beat him who lost to him. Um, and so getting getting con some consensus, do you just want coaches? Um, you know, do you want – any media, which media, um, who do you leave out? Who do you bring in? So, I mean, it's, I don't think there's any simple answer, but I think there's maybe a rightish answer out there as well. You know, another thing that, that I don't think we've talked about is those max preps, at least for football now, it's regular season. And so, you know, conference champion, great. You can get in there, uh, but you know, you're looking at somewhere it might not matter as much. And, and Logan, going back to council, does it does it do us a favor by losing this particular week versus winning? One thing we saw the first year of these rankings is, and this is this is Paul Kingsbury talking. I saw sportsmanship uh, being vacated in place of making sure we score a ton of points so that our ranking at the end of the year is higher. And and we saw Middleton. I think it was Middleton lose because they kept trying to score to get more points and instead of just doing what teams normally do you know pull off a little bit in the game conservative and so in my my opinion sportsmanship uh got replaced with needing to score points for rankings and whether it's understood or not uh i think it still sucks from that point of view um uh, may, maybe i'm just the old grumpy guy telling everybody to get off my lawn, but that, that's how I see it. And that's, that's, that's how I've seen it play out on the field too. But Logan, we were actually talking about teams that, you know, it might be better if we lose this week, looking at, at down the road, you know, coach do, do not saying you ever did ever, but would that enter a coach's mind of looking downfield? You know, the goal is to get a championship. It would help us if maybe we didn't win this game. I mean, is that something coaches would even look at? And and don't 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 be the coach that you know just says whatever he wants to hear. Be honest. Not saying you did it. Right. So yeah, we've had that discussion before, but we've never talked about wanting to lose a game. Uh, ever. Yeah. Um, just like oh, if we lost this, then we would end up on the top of the bracket now instead of the bottom, and we'd have a greater chance to go 
maybe all the way, um, just discussion only, never, never following through on that. I know my first like 15, 16 years, Harry was heavily involved in sending a proposed bracket to the state. The Sawtooth sent that in districts four, five, and six, year after year after year until like the last four to six years where district two and one were like, hey, hold on a second here. Um, maybe let's cross the bracket this thing a little bit more. We wanna wanna play into it. So if, if you're interested in changing a bracket, you need to be involved with the IHSAA and, uh, and visiting with ADs around the state and go to those meetings and work things out. Otherwise, whoever's running the show is gonna keep running the show. Right. And that's, that's kind of how it's been. ADs and coaches, you know, those are the guys that, that have the power and they're busier than heck, but those are the ones that uh, they are the squeaky wheels that, that need to get greased sometimes. So, you know, right. Let me ask, how come from, you know, you were involved in all this. How come one D two still does the predetermined bracket? I think because they're so small and, uh, I think people care as much as anybody else, but I think it's more of a, uh, a home proud. Every district gets a shot. It's a little more fair uh, to enter that, to enter the playoffs in that direction. And under we're going to go with the, the basic format used back in the, the 1700s. <laughs> you know, and the, the three of us are the only ones that were alive back then. Logan yeah. is just a young pup. Just a when young the Constitution pup. was written. Yes. You remember that? That was a good time. That was a good time. Now, now, when I was asking you that, it kind of seemed like I was egging you on a little bit, but I wanted you to answer that way because my follow-up question was, is it fair that that's even a question coaches have to deal with is, hey, if we lose this, it's going to put us in a better position. I mean, shouldn't the system encourage the best play every week from every team? Yeah, I don't know any coach uh, that has thrown a game oh, of course in, in football. And if they have, they should have been fired the next day. Um, right. Their they're, they're town and their kids believe should believe in it more than that. So that's just the way the system is right now. And I don't, I don't really see it changing necessarily at that at the D2 level, the 1A level now. All right. Well, um, we were actually going to talk about council. We, get, we got Logan's take. Will, did we actually get your take on that or did we kind of skip over it? My take on what in particular? On the, the council um, issue with uh, as far as where they might end up on the bracket. Um, I, I have a fairly general take in that I understand the frustration and I wonder why we can't find a little better way to do it. But um, can't we all just get along? Once, you know, when you've got a team, and this is the coach in me speaking because I'm a baseball coach. When you go to the state tournament in any sport, when there's a million pound just Hulk like Kendrick, you're gonna if you want to win a state championship, odds are you're gonna you're gonna have to beat him. My mindset personally as a coach, I want him early. Okay, I want to get him early. Hmm. Uh, I don't want a kid to get a sprained ankle or something, and now he's out of the mix. Um, I don't want them to get into a groove, whatever. If I have a chance to punch them in the early rounds, I want to punch them in the early rounds. That's my perspective as a coach. However, um, I understand the dilemma. I understand the frustration. Um, and I just, I, I guess I don't understand, like I said, why we can't come up with, uh, you know, I mean, we were talking about this three weeks ago, coach, that Mullen 
St. Regis is that top line on the bracket no matter what. So no matter who they're playing, they're going to be the quote-unquote home team, and it's going to have to be this somebody that goes north. And not that Mullen St. Regis is undeserving. They've had, a, they've had a wonderful season. But to know that going into the season, that all I have to do is be the best team in this league, whether I'm 4-4 four and four or whether I'm 8-0, I'm going to be that top line and have that home game all the way through. Um, or in council's case, I can win my league. I can win the, the long pin. I can get a banner to hang up in my gym that says I won the long pin again. And, but then I have to play Kendrick right out of the shoot. It, it, I would like to see if we can find a way to avoid that. And it's easier said than done. Coach, you made some, some, some great points. Um, you know, I'm sure travel comes into the equation uh, you know, trying to make that as equitable as possible because, you know, jumping on one of those yellow buses for 12 hours is not in the best interest of anybody. Um, so I, under, I understand council's frustration. I understand the long pins frustration in this particular year, in this particular um, instance. But there's no rule that says next year council won't be the team that teams want to get away from. And that's the ebb and flow of eight-man football. Yeah, it really is. Now, Coach, did you guys actually take a yellow bus, or were you guys chartered? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> we, we did a lot of charters. I don't know. <laughs> I know back in my day, it was yellow bus. Yeah, we usually chartered. No seatbelts, because seatbelts are for losers. <laughs> Except the bus no heater either, or oh, no air conditioning. It was Unless you're sitting on the wheels, and then you're dying of heat. Right. Yeah, one of the That's two. Hot. Yep. Hot, hot, hot. Well, All right. <clears throat> well, we talked a lot about the, the the you know the D two bracket, right? But if you look at the D one, um, I I like the way that this one is, right? If you win, you get a buy. You know, you win your your conference, uh, you take the buy. And I was listening to your show last week, guys, and coach, you were even saying like you didn't like the buy. You just want to you just want to keep going. Um, but but there, you know. This one, you get a buy, and then and then we've got some of these at-large bids, right? That are folks that are going to sneak in, and it seems like uh, some teams played their way in this week. Like I think Kerry might have punched their ticket in, right? They had a they had a big win, um, and and they punched potentially punched their ticket in at the D one level as an at-large. Because I mean, there's been years we've looked at it where where there was. It was last year that Lighthouse was technically in, and they were zero and six um, up until that last week, and then they, they 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 finally dropped out of what would be in. Um, but I mean, they play Raft River this week, and a game I think is winnable for them, right? Um, and they could go from being on the outside looking in two weeks ago after that tough loss to Glens Ferry to all of a sudden now in for Carey. Yeah, that was a, a heck of a game against Murtaugh. Um, boys really rallied. It was senior night, and we don't have many seniors. And uh, Nick Versus and Owen Park uh, committed their entire body and their, their fortunes and goodwill to making sure that they were going to win that game. Owen Park had 18 tackles and four sacks, and, uh, and a lot of those tackles were hard and physical. But uh, it, was, it was playing for our, our, uh, our life, and now we head to Raft River. And still playing for our life, and uh, and we'll see how that ends up with two good teams there on the road with Raft River Senior Night. So. 
And, you know, speaking of Raft River, um, we had talked about Waymeyer um, from Butte County getting injured. There was a lot of support um, going out for them. Raft River painted number 13 on their field, which is very cool in honor of uh, Waymeyer. So good for them. I like seeing that sportsmanship between rivals, really. Uh, you know, there's things bigger than football out there. Um, and, and it's good when those communities can come together like that. That's, that's, that's probably one of my favorite things about eight-man football, small-town football, is tell you what, when you are on the field, you're at war, right? Uh, you're black, you're white, you're red, you're blue, doesn't matter. And, you know, whatever color you're sporting, it's enemies. But as soon as you get off, you know what, you, you care about each other. You know, you would walk across burning coal to help the other town out if you had to. So, you know, you live it all the time, coach, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, that's, that's gotta be my favorite part of, of eight man football. It's just the uh, small town camaraderie. Right. And uh, on Monday, early Monday, Chad Evans texted me wanting coach that Ely's phone number. And that message to be conveyed was, uh, hey, we're going to feed you guys after the game. So uh, stick around and, and make sure that uh, you bring your whole bus load there. So pretty awesome. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's way cool. All right. Before we head to District 4, um, I, I have to keep going back to Brandon's notes or else he'll be mad at me if we don't use some of them. Um, notice, notice is there, right? Uh, the second playoff spot come down to Idaho City at Rimrock. Uh, Brandon really wanted uh, one of us to go do that game down in Bruno. Um, winner gets it, loser does not, as far as that second playoff spot. Um, so I have not seen um, those two teams play Idaho City and Rimrock. One of you got Logan. You did an Idaho City game, right? No, we haven't. We haven't done Idaho City. We okay. Did, um... We did one last year against notice, but uh, no, I haven't seen the Wildcats yet this season. Okay. So will in that game between Idaho city and Rimrock going for second, who comes out? I, I don't know much about coach Rober and Idaho city this year. They've kind of been the mysterious little uh, mountain team about 45 minutes outside of Boise there. But um, with, with Rimrock, they've got one of the state's better all around performers and Ronaldo Gomez that young man has been a regular in the, the three stars column that that we write for Idaho sports every week and he's over a thousand yards rushing and I think he might be over a thousand yards passing now and uh, he's one of their leading tacklers and he returns kicks and he returns punts he's one of those kids that when you're just talking about God-given talent and God-given athleticism he'd fit on just about any eight-man team in the state you know I think any coach would would make some room for the skills that he has. So, uh, you know, and I'm going to give a little bit of an edge to Rimrock because the game's at home because of Gomez. The, the thing that I looked up that, that I think is, I don't want to say funny, but that's wild to me. The last playoff game that Rimrock won was the 1990. Three, I believe, state championship game when they were an 11-man football team. That's the last time Rimrock won a playoff game. They've been to the playoffs a few times since then. They haven't won a game since then. So you want to talk about a drought, there's a drought. You know, the last time, something else the last time happened in 1993 was when New Plymouth won the state boys basketball championship. Just throwing that in there. Man. If they would have had a better bench, they would have won by more. Hey, they won because they had the good bench. I mean, <laughs> I, my shoulder, I actually had surgery on this shoulder a couple of weeks ago. 
from throwing it out, whipping the towel around so many games from the bench. <laughs> just holding what? the Gatorade up there. Just Somebody playing. had to do it. Yes. It was whipping the towel. Yeah. yeah. Holding on to everybody's warm-up pants. And they were they were that hard, you know, polyester back then. With you know? the snaps, the breakaway snaps. Oh, snaps. There was no Velcro. It, was it added up, man, those snaps. One time I actually got surprised. It might have been senior night, and I was shocked that I – he's like, Kingsbury. I'm like, oh, crap. So I went to take off my warm-ups, and I didn't take my shoes off first, and they only snapped down to the shoes for whatever reason. So I'm sitting there trying to get my pants off, and they're stuck around my ankles, and everybody's around the circle, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm getting there soon. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much the highlight of my senior year. Right? Let me one up you there, Paul, since you said that when the cat's away, the mice will pay play. So, Brandon, you Don't can enjoy this time. one. Coach Logan, I apologize. Uh, when I was in high school, I was uh, I was a five foot eleven center because I couldn't dribble and I couldn't shoot. So, what I could do is grab a few rebounds and foul. So, I'm five foot eleven. Okay, the three guys that were ahead of me were six five, six five, and six four. Transit translation, I never played. <laughs> so we have a home game one night, and we're playing the number one or number two team in the league. We were like third or fourth. So, I mean, we were a good team, but we weren't anyway. I didn't even put on my shorts under my warm-ups. <laughs> didn't even put them on. What does Murphy's Law say is going to happen? Yeah. All three bigs got in foul trouble. So at halftime... The last four minutes of the first half, I was literally sweating on the bench <laughs> because like two of the three bigs had three fouls already. And the other guy, I think, only had one. And I'm like, if he picks up another one, the coach is going to call me in. What am I going to do? <laughs> we get to halftime. I have never run so fast in my life to beat the team into the locker room so I could get my shorts on under my warm-up pants before the short the coach got to the locker room. Nice. And did wound you up get not game? playing. Did you wound get up game? not playing at all? Nope. Yeah, but at least got... I didn't go out there in my you know Yoda underoos. You you had those too. Probably. What are the odds? I don't remember. What are the odds of that? All right, gents. Let's go to District Four. We're halfway there, and we're barely living on a prayer. Barely. Barely. All right. District four guys. Um, Lighthouse, Cary, Murtaugh, Valley. Lighthouse four and two. Everybody else three and three. Um, in that scenario, reading Brandon's notes again, Cary would finish third thanks to the head-to-head -head wins over Murtaugh and Valley. Murtaugh would then take fourth thanks to win over Valley. This is definitely the scenario Panther fans should be cheering for. Is that right, Coach? Yeah. Yeah, let's see what happens. They got to play it out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now he also says we could see this happen. Uh, Murtaugh beats Lighthouse, Carey beats Raft River. Then you've got Murtaugh four and two, uh, and everyone else at three and three. Uh, and that would be a coin flip, correct? It's what it sounds like. I don't, I don't know the rules that, on that. Yeah. One thing I've never been a fan of is the coin flip. I mean, your whole season boils down to uh, down to that. Never been a fan of that. Never. But I don't know what else to do, right? Uh, draw straws, same thing. I I just don't know how else you do it besides a coin flip. But um, but yeah, it could be very interesting. After I, I, I always like it when the last week of the regular season means something. Um, there's nothing worse than the last week of the regular season going, well, 
everybody's locked in. Um, I, I got a call this week, and my phone number is not public. It is, I, I don't give my phone number out. I don't answer the phone when I don't know the number. And I got a call. You do week. know the number. Uh, I barely answer it when I do know the number. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but I get a call from a number, and I don't answer it. Like five minutes later, I get a call from that same number. When that happens, I'm like, oh, they must know me. Maybe it's a delivery. I was actually expecting a delivery of a shipment of ammo that I had ordered. You know, sometimes they say, hey, your dogs are out. I answer it. And is this Idaho Sports customer service? Ah, oh, crud. Yes, kind of. Sure. Customer and they were Customer service? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because we, we have that. We have yes. that. That's on the sixth floor. I'm on the 10th. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Way below. But I, I was, they wanted to know, he said, on my phone, it shows you guys are broadcasting Sugar, Salem, South Fremont. And my brother-in-law's phone says you're doing a Skyline Blackfoot, I think. And I said, yeah, we're not doing the Sugar, South Fremont game. Obvious reasons. And and he said, okay, I get it. Got off the phone and and I didn't, I haven't answered my phone since. But the point there was we, we schedule games at the beginning of the season thinking, okay, we really hope these are good games. And when we get to the end, sometimes we move things around because, uh, you know, Sugar Salem, South Fremont might turn out, you know, it might not be the best game on the schedule, so to speak, for the last game. So I really like that a lot of these conferences are really coming down to the finish. You know, it can really uh, change things with this team. And, and the work, you know, all kidding aside, the work that Brandon puts into this is phenomenal. You know, he spends hours upon hours putting together all this stuff. So do yourself a favor. Make sure you go to Idaho Sports and read that Bracketology um, article that, that, that's on there. It's a it's a wealth of info. So so lo- looking at it, Murtaugh Lighthouse, Cary Valley, we've, we've talked about these teams a lot um, coming through. You know, which scenario do you see it, it happening? Do you see where Lighthouse is 4-2? You see Murtaugh 4-2, guys. Logan? Logan? Uh, who knows? Um, you know, it's just shuffled around. I feel like the middle, right? Because Carrie, right, beats Valley. What eight to six was that game? Um, Valley beats Lighthouse. They they kind of romp through them. Um, Murtaugh's had big wins and big losses. So I I have, I have no clue. Uh, it's it it yeah. just is a toss up, right? At this point, I I, I think Carrie probably takes care of business against Raff River. Um, but then Lighthouse Murtaugh, that that game is I I think is a 50-50 split. I don't know what you guys um, over there think, Coach. If you guys are thinking that that's kind of how it is looking, but at least from my view, that one looks like it's very uh, up in the air. And but the thing is, what's good if you're District Four and not good if you're District Two is that even if you lose this game, there's a couple of at-large bids at stake and they're probably both coming from district four and you, you could see a, a two or three win uh, carry team um, in at that last spot. Um, if they're, if they are an at-large team over a five win Prairie team up North. So that's just the, um, that's just the max preps for you. Now that that's because of how strong district four is, right? I mean, yeah state championships have run through district four for the lat the, the champion for the past three years. And, in what two of those, it was against a conference opponent. And last year, the state championship might've been in the semifinal that nobody's talking about. Right. Um, and it was two district four teams. So 
it is what it is. It's the best league in the state at that level. Right. Um, and, and so even if it doesn't go the way, you know, if, if Valley ends up on the bottom and they don't get the auto bid, if, if Carrie doesn't get the auto bid, I think all teams are probably sitting, feeling pretty good, at least at the at-large situation. Well, if you look at the standings right now, it's Lighthouse, Murtaugh, Valley, Carrie going into this weekend. So Carrie's two and three on the bottom. In one scenario, Carrie could move up a spot into third. In that other scenario, where Lighthouse beats Murtaugh, Carrie beats Rap River, bam, they're three and three in second place, right? Or at least tied uh, with with a chance to to win that coin flip, you know. So everything, especially you get those smaller um, conferences like that. But uh, in District Four, Coach, um, everything it's really do or die when it comes to that last week of the season. It is, yeah, it is exciting. That does get you ready for the playoffs, but you do know you got to play your best football, or you're gonna you're gonna suffer um uh, in the bracket or maybe not make that bracket um so the lighthouse murtaugh game i i agree with logan it's a 50 50 and i think it's going to come down to who has the, the greatest mental fortitude um i know both teams had their heads down when the butt kickings were on and and a little before that uh, from what i witnessed and from what i heard um, from the valley coaches as well the other day so mental fortitude and the fewest mistakes um likely the same between carrie and raft river um, on the road with Raft River Senior Night, uh, Carrie will have to play a good, a good error-free game and execute cleanly, uh, more cleanly on offense than they have throughout the season. Um, defense has been scoring a lot of those touchdowns. The first uh, score we had against Berta here was a scooping score on a blocked punt, and the second was a uh, kickoff run back. So we've got to got to get across, that ball across the goal line on offense as well. But Raft River has a great scheme. Um, um, they have some great play callers and uh, have some some great uh, kids in those positions. So, all four of those or two of those games are going to be great uh, games to see where we end up. Now, Will, we've talked about what happens, you know, in a two, three, four spot. We haven't talked about Oakley, who's already clinched up the number one spot. You know, they're number one in the one AD one poll. Um, you know, I think some people and you wrote the previews coming. Um, in for the all the eight-man teams in the state. Looking back before the season started, is Oakley where you thought they would be as a team? Uh, yeah, they, I don't think they got there the way I expected them to, but but yeah, I think so. Um, uh, Kyler Robinson has done a really nice job stepping into that role as, as quarterback, taking over for Porter Pickett, uh, who uh, was an All-State performer last year for Oakley. Um, and the thing that I think, whether it's been, I assume it's by design, but I've never talked to Coach Brendan Jones about this, so I can't say unilaterally it's by design. Um, they, they've got so many good playmakers <clears throat> when, uh, you know, you're talking about Isaac Cranny and you're talking about uh, Bridget Duncan. You're talking about just all these kids that can make plays. Yeah. They're very Kendrick-esque in that regard. Um, they've kind of been able to bring – Bryce Severe along, I don't want to say slowly, but they've kind of been able to pick their spots with him. They haven't had to lean on him and take a bunch of tread off the tires by having him carry the ball 25, 30 times a game and go play middle linebacker. And so they've, you know, they've picked their spots with him. Um, they needed to make a statement last week against Valley. And so Severe comes out and has a fantastic ball game, picks up five touchdowns and a couple of two point conversion runs when the team really needed it. So you know, to have that 
to have that ability to be a really balanced team in the postseason where, um, you know, say you like to throw the ball all over the place. It's a driving rainstorm in the fields of mud pit. Okay. You need to be able to kind of tighten it up a little bit and run the football. Yeah. Um, Oakley's one of those teams that I think is going to have the versatility and the talent uh, to do either one of those things as circumstances and as defensive schemes uh, dictate. All right. Well, District 4 is going to be a, a fun one to watch, as always, um, in that 1A D1. Let's talk about the D2s. And we have quite a bit. Um, you know, we haven't said much about Dietrich this year, Hagerman. We've talked about Camus, Logan, and Camus is a team um, that you've gotten to see this year, correct? Have you seen Cam- – yeah, yeah, you and I were Yeah, we Utah. were there together when they played you Utah. Utah. Um, I don't remember much of that game because I was <laughs> shooting and logging into guys' laptops the whole time, and so you really had to carry that well, like always. You were carrying the broadcast um, while I was doing Usually. other things. Uh, but, but again, Camus, uh, kind of like uh, – I think I said Lewis County was kind of the – equal to flyover state in district two canvas has kind of been that way in district four, but not anymore. The mushrooms are for real. Yeah. And I mean, I talked so much about council that I glossed over what Camas County has done. Um, you were just waiting to get here. They were, they, they were right in that game with Butte County. They led at halftime. I mean, it's back and forth affair. They just, that was a wild game. There was, I think it was four straight <laughs> offensive plays went for touchdowns four in a row. Camas County scored and then Butte County scored and then Camas and then Butte. It was, it was wild. Um, I, they just ran out of gas in that game. I, right. Butte County is a big team and they just ran out of gas, you know, um, and they're a team that can make a run to the state championship and, and can go up and, and play Kendrick. And I think they could probably hang with them and that they could be there. They're, they're a good team. Um, and this might be the year for them to make that push. I mean, they've kind of just rolled through their schedule so far. Um, but I, I'm curious to see Dietrich and Hagerman, right? When we get into playoff time, how are they going to look? Hagerman's beaten some folks, right, out of conference. Uh, they they took care of some some folks on the road, even, and you know they might be a, a fun team to watch and a dangerous one. I don't know what you guys think, maybe who to look for outside of. Everybody knows Camas County, right? But but outside of that, where those two teams, uh, Dietrich and and Hagerman, may be able to where they may be able to make a market state. Well, Dietrich can definitely help themselves out playing Camus this weekend. Um, yeah. You know, as Dietrich's three and one, Camus scores four and uh, oh, Hickman though, three and one. And really after that, uh, there's a drop off. Castle Ford, one and three, Hanson, one and three, and Shoshone, oh and four in conference. Um, so you're right, Hagerman, six and two, Dietrich, five and two, hoping to make it six and two. Um, that that sawtooth conference one through three, one through four. Um, there's a lot of talent in those three teams, Will. So behind Camas County, uh, who do you see really picking it up after that? Dietrich again? Well, Hagerman beat Dietrich head to head, so you have to at least, you know, out of courtesy for for that, you've got to give uh, you've got to give the Pirates their due. Um, you know, they are most likely going to end up as the two seed. Uh, coming out of that uh, division for the playoffs and uh, you know, and, and good for them. You know, they've been, they've been slow building back to this for about three or four years now. So it's nice to see uh, them able to, to finally get there. That said, Dietrich, 
you know, it's coach. You've gone head to head with them a few times over the years. They just know how to win there. And Connor Perkins and and Torgerson, the lineman, they've got some kids that can play some football. And they're if if they are four C, if they are on the four C line in the playoffs, and I'm playing four C in the first round, I'm not going to feel super comfortable about that matchup. It would be council if it ended right now. That's where it, that's what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that District Four has always produced some pretty good teams, even in the D twos there, for mm-hmm. a long time. And Dietrich seems to rise and find themselves um, every game uh, that they progress throughout the year. So, um, they're playing good football right now. Well, if Camus does uh, on you know follow through, and if Camus beats Dietrich, it will be Camus Hagerman Dietrich. So there's your ABC coming through there. If Dietrich wins. If they pull out the upset, of course, it's a three-way tie. Um, it's been a tiebreaker scenario in the Sawtooth Conference uh, with a Kansas City tiebreaker. Uh, Brandon says the league's ADs are exploring using other criteria, such as a point differential or a coin flip to resolve the tie. Coach, would you rather have a Kansas City playoff on a Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock, or would you prefer a coin flip? If it's for number one, uh, we did a coin flip one time actually in 2015. Really? And we did, and, and it worked out for us. We we won the coin flip. <laughs> the double headed quarter. Yeah. Uh, I hate when that sneaks its way in there. Dang it. It's, it's in the trophy case, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I've never been in a Kansas City playoff, so I, I can't really? really speak to that. So, well, with the Kansas City playoff, you're playing the week of, of your playoff game, right? So, yeah. normally. You're, you're done. You're, you know, if you play on a Friday night, um, you're done. And then you can start preparing for the next week. If it's a tie, uh, all of a sudden you're preparing against two other, you know, sometimes two other teams um, to, you know, start from the 20 and go on a Monday evening of the same week that you're playing. And you've seen it. Sometimes those um, eight man teams are playing on a Thursday, you know, in those early games. So to me, uh, I would say that the Kansas City playoff is more fair, but boy, I sure wouldn't want to get my kids out there, um, you know, risking more injury and they're still tired and not recovered from the week before heading into a playing game. And, and that was our reasoning was injury and preparation. And we felt confident in ourselves going to the next, uh, the next level there. So I guess as long as everyone's on board with the coin flip, you can't really argue. Uh, All right. I'd probably be that one coach going, nope, everybody get on your bus Monday. We're going to play this thing. We're going to play it. All right, let's uh, let's move east a little bit, guys. Um, Eastern Idaho, it's – Eastern Idaho, it's, it's kind of its own – I mean, Idaho is a, is a weird state geographically. You've got your different, you know, population centers. But Eastern Idaho, you know, it goes anything past Raft River, um, and then you can go all the way south – then you can go all the way north, but then you can also go up to, you know, Butte County and, and Mackey and, and Chalice and those areas. So Eastern Idaho covers a big chunk um, with a lot of rural areas with with some of the smaller teams. So, Logan, I'm going to start with you with, with that Eastern Idaho. We saw Grace play um, last week. Didn't work out well for him. Uh, asterisk, they were playing Kendrick. Um, do you see them bouncing back? heading into, you know, last game of the season, into the playoffs. Um, and I really want to talk what you saw with Grace 
Kendrick aside. Uh, well, I wasn't at that game with you with Ooh. Kendrick. Um, well, it was Will. You, you guys look alike. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you know, I haven't seen Grace outside of that. But they, I mean, what a, I, we were talking about it with District Four, right? With a, a great end of the season where we we get Grace Butte County right to cap things yeah. off, and it's a great matchup. Um, Grace made a run to the state championship last year. There's no reason that either one of these teams can't as well. Um, I, I think that, you know, Logos is, is kind of up there and we didn't really talk much about that district. We could jump back, but it's uh, later, but you know, they've beaten who they've had in front of them, um, but they've kind of done it quietly and, and snuck into that number two spot. And I think m- more than in the past, that right now one AD one, there's an opening. I think to you know Oakley has obviously rolled through, um, and, and you know maybe they're they're probably still. I mean they're still all right at that top spot, but um, there's an opening to say who you know who's going to cement themselves as the number two. And the winner of this game Friday, they might have that inside track to that, or at least a, a step in the right direction, right? Whether it's Grace, whether it's Butte County. Um, both of them have played similar tough. Not both of them played Kendrick, right? Um, both went toe to toe, really kind of pushed um, those games. And and when I look at it, if if you want to compare apples to apples, right? I, I know it's not an exact the law of translation. You know, one year in college basketball, you could trace ISU to beating Duke um, because you know well, they beat so and so, who beat so and so, who beat so and so. So Idaho State's better than Duke, um, but. You look at that, right? Butte County, what they did against Kendrick, I thought their showing was more impressive than Grace's. And so, when we look at this matchup this week, i i would I would I would think potentially, just on paper, maybe that Butte County probably has the edge there. Um, but it's it's again, it's just like we talked about with that Murtaugh Lighthouse. This game's right. going to be a toss up. Well, Will, now that I'm talking to Will, <laughs> yes. After Logan butted in there. Yeah, yeah Logan, yeah. big jerk. The, the the one thing that I think is a, a strength and a weakness is when, and, and I've said it before many times, is when, you, when you're a small school, your athletes are your athletes, right? Mm-hmm. And and they play both sides. And Grace's quarterback, Kimball, great quarterback, he also had, my, my, not on the official stats, but I guarantee he had the most tackles oh, um, yeah. during that game as well. I mean, he was on both sides every play. So that's great, but also when you get against a Butte County, uh, when you get into the playoffs, how tough is that? Uh, you know, for for Grace to have your quarterback playing so much, get to the third, fourth quarter, it's got to be almost gassed. Yeah, he was, and then he played the whole game Friday. Um, you know, Grace didn't go really deep into the bench at that at his particular spots, and. Um, I mean, you're right. It's I I never saw official stats, and, and Grace is one of those programs that plays it pretty close to the vest as far as sharing that type of information. Um, but part of this was the nature of, of Kendrick hitting a lot of plays downfield, uh, and Kimball plays a defensive back position. He probably had upwards of 15 tackles. Yeah, uh, and they were they were good tackles too. They weren't cheapies. He was having to go in there and and bring down some some big strong runners, but. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's a nice player, Cutler, the, the running back slash linebacker, uh, the Cleggs, uh, are, they've got some players yeah. for sure. Um, 
the thing that I'm really curious about with this game is the emotional hangover of, uh, I mean, they got bulldozed. And, and I'm willing to bet you if you were to talk to Coach Zane Hobart or a few of the, the Kendrick players, they'd tell you, hey, we, we flat out missed some stuff. Yep. You know, I can think of two or three plays myself where, uh, you know, a receiver turned the wrong way, a pass was underthrown, a block was missed. Right. Otherwise, there's 50 more yards. And yep. meanwhile, Grace just until the fourth quarter, they just had a hell of a time getting anything going. And as, as was mentioned earlier, Butte County got down big early, fought their way back and got back in the game. Um, so I feel like in, in, you know, you play the transitive properties, like, like Logan was playing, uh, and the fact that I'm just a big Butte County fan this year, I think that this is a team that has a chance to do something. They've made a change at quarterback, uh, Keaton Archibald now at quarterback, they've moved Razor Duke to running back to take care of his, or to, to highlight his running skills a little bit more. Right. And I think that if you put, if you put Oakley, Butte County and Logos in a hat right now and pulled out any one of those three names and say, this is your state champion. I, I don't know that I'd be surprised. I think any, any one of the three of them, I think are capable of doing it. Would you use a Mountain Dew hat for that? Uh, Coach Kirkland's yes, not yours because you've right. been wearing that thing for a long time. Oh, it's ratty. Trust me. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah. I feel weird wearing it tonight because you can't see the dirt, but it's, yeah. I, oh, I had, you, you can see it. Okay, you good. Can it. I can smell it. Good, yeah. yeah it's, it's seen some miles. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You know, put that, that out there for you, Will. There you I go. Can, I like it. New hat smells still. It's fantastic. But, you know, those Cleggs, Kai Clegg, big dudes. I mean, they're yes. massive. And, yes. you know, they did their job um, during that Kendrick game. They laid they laid some hits. Uh, they came through when they were supposed to. So coming into that, uh, you know, that's one thing that head coach Thorngren has to be looking at is, okay, protect our quarterback, guys. You know, you have to give our quarterback time to to do something. Instead of a three step drop, it's three steps looking up at the stars. Sometimes when that when that doesn't happen, and so that's going to be a a fun game as well. I mean, we're talking about fun games at the end of the year all the time, but, um, but those are teams that we, that we really saw. So, so Logan looking more into the, the other teams um, in that conference, who do you see maybe getting placed on the bracket that, that might surprise some people? Uh, I mean, you look down the list, right. You know, one AD one, the way it's set up, um, I mean, you're talking about District Five Six, right? One, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, going to go, and the other is going to be an at large. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. It's college. they're going to be, and they're potentially the so the top at large bid is going to come down Potlatch and Cami, and that's a game we kind of skipped over. <laughs> um, is oh, we did winner yeah. of that. The winner of that game potentially gets that top at large bid. I think Potlatch right. is two steps behind. But a win over Kamii that might boost them up, um, and and if Potlatch wins that and it doesn't boost them up, then I think the loser of this game is the top at large. I think is how it'll sit because uh, right now I it, right now um, it, it's it's Kamii, and if Kamii wins, I think they hold that spot. Right, 
Um, but the loser of this game more than likely comes in at that next will be that neck, that second at large uh, in that at large bid area. Right. Um, that they'll come in there at least in the ranking side of things. Um, right. And so, I mean, it goes back. If you jump around there, there's going to be a team with a winning record more than likely left out of the playoffs because of that at large situation. But, um, but Butte County and or um, or excuse me, Grace. Right now, the way it's set up, if if Butte County were to win, they're the number two seed. They have a bye. Grace would be the six, and right now it would have Grace match up with Carey if everything was it was chalk and there was no dramatic right. changes. And and you know what? That's uh, I think y'all they they played this year. They played last year, right? That was a what six or seven to zero something like that. Uh, I'm sure you would know a lot better coach. Um, but, uh, but grace, grace will be rolling. That'll be a tough first round game for anybody. Yeah. Low yeah. scoring game like that. in the, in the eight man ranks, that's, that's my opinion. That's worse than a low scoring game. In the 11, uh, 11 man games. It's just brutal. And it seemed like every time I would do an eight man game, I'm like, oh, I love eight man. Cause you always get those 68 to 52, you know, scores. And then it ends up being at 12 to six or something it's like boy, how do we get here and how do we get home as fast as we can you know <laughs> for sure so but you know let, let's let's move a little bit further let's move further into one ad2s now in, in uh, eastern idaho rockland at north gem water springs at Mackey. um if rockland and water springs win they get the two playoff spots rockland and Mackey win there's a three-way tie uh between water springs north gem and Mackey for that last playoff spot if north gem um, upsets Water Springs. There's a three-way tie for first place with Rockland, North Gem, and Water Springs. But if North Gem and Mackey both win, Rocky and North Gem get the two auto bids, Water Springs would fall from second to dead last. That's a bummer if you go from second to dead last. Yeah, How an advanced I analytics degree to understand all this. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had to look up a couple of those words definition <laughs> yeah yeah and that's why brandon gets paid the big bucks is because he can do that but what are the odds of that happening going from second to last and is, is that really a concern of water springs on on paper i mean we're talking realistically here not uh you know politically correct coach speak will you're the best at doing that coach speak politically correct um no i don't think water springs is thinking about it too much. I think it's the nature of having a, uh, you know, a, a four or five team league when you're only playing a limited number of conference games is you can go anywhere from first to last in a week, you know, depending on, uh, on how things turn out. But the, you know, for water Springs, the thing that's great for them and the thing that's great for Mackey and the thing that's great for North gem is they hold, to, to a certain degree, they hold their fate in their own hands. You know, they go win a football game and they put themselves in a pretty good position to advance, any one of them. Um, you know, and I talked to Coach Hunter at, at Rockland earlier this week, and his team's playing some really good football right now. Um, but they know that they can't just show up Friday and just assume that North Gem's going to roll over. You know, North Gem has something to play for, and they've got some good players. So, um, you know, that's going to be a that's going to be a brawl of a brawl of an entire league, you know, for for that right. week is, you know, when you've got the four teams, you know, Clark County, you know, opting basically out 
uh, for all intents and purposes, playing six-man games where they could. Um, but the other four teams all have something to play for. And, and I think that, that is, that's going to lead to some really uh, intense football and some really interesting results. You know, I don't know who said what, but we pissed somebody off. They instead of a like, they gave us the angry emoji on uh, on Facebook. Wow! So somebody said something. I don't know. Who, I'm going to blame Logan. Yeah, it's probably me. It was probably I'm the PC guy, so it can't be me. You are the PC guy here. You make everybody happy. Everybody. Well, I mean, or whoever. You know, you guy. look at these. You standing. You look at these. You look at these standings, right? And and what could happen? I think this Mackie North Gym game or Mackie uh, Water Springs, excuse me, is is not decided. I know Mackie sits at zero and two, um, but if you look at a common opponent, right? Let's let's look at North or North Gym, right? Um, Mackie lost them, but a close game, less than a score, and uh, Water Springs beats North Gym by a score. Um, right. There's not much separation there. Um, and, you know, and, and Coach Kirkland, I don't know, um, maybe you can chime in on this. Do you, as a coach, do you look at that at all and say, man, we got a shot here. You know what? We we went toe-to-toe with this team. They went toe-to-toe. Um, you know, we've got a shot right here with it because of how they matched up versus how we matched up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah, amen football, uh, you know, even three-score separation is something you have uh, a positive outlook on because, you know, it's just one or two turnovers or a mistake or two here and there. So you betcha. Um, and if they're they're coaching that right, they're getting their kids pumped up and looking at that information and going to take it into this game. Yeah, and looking at if there is a tiebreaker that uh, needs to be broken, it's decided with head-to-head result, point differential, and then the almighty coin flip coming in at number three. So by virtue of a 60-8 to eight win over Water Springs and a 59-12 to 12 win over Mackey, any point differential will favor the Bulldogs. So Rockland can feel pretty good about their chances, but if there's a tie between Water Springs, North Jam, and Mackey for second place, that is where Brandon says it'd be interesting, and here's where everybody stands. Water Springs is plus six against North Jam. North Jam is plus six against Mackey, and Mackey minus six against North Jam. So North Gem sits at zero, Water Springs at plus six, Mackey at minus six right now. That means Mackey win by seven or more would give the Miners an edge in the tiebreaker. A win by exactly six would bring on the coin flip. That's what we want. We want a six-point game. I want it live stream too, Paul. I want you there. Yeah. Yeah, I wish. At the truck stop with Coach Kirkland's double-headed quarter, I want you there. You'll have to take it out of the trophy case. It's a special Drama. key to get in there to get that. For sure. Is that crazy? You know, and, and I, gosh, I just, I always, I don't know, I guess the, the soft spot in me is I don't want to see that happen because I hate seeing people lose on a coin flip or, or whatever. But also that's, it's exciting. That's what makes high school sports, high school sports, right? You never know. You never know how it's going to finish at the end, even if you think you do. So, um, you know, we've covered, the top of the state, gone around the horn to eastern Idaho. Um, we might not have talked about Lakeside enough for Logan. Uh, but to be fair, when we got done with that segment, I said, all right, does anybody have anything else to say? And Logan went to the bathroom or something. So I don't know what happened there. So, Logan, if you've got anything else to say about Lakeside. No, or no I, you, 
No, I mean just that that we talked. We I we kind of missed that maybe th- that potlatch game. Um, that's a big one, right? Potlatch and Kamii both only with one loss that determines who's second, right, in the league. Essentially, I mean, barring an upset, um, I think Prairie plays Logos this week. I yep. I believe, and so I mean, it's gonna it's tough for Prairie. They could potentially be, and I hit on it a minute ago. They unless they win, um, and and then there's some epic loss by I think Brandon pointed out that that Valley loses huge to notice that that's probably what it would take for the pendulum to swing enough. Um, because right now those top three seeds from district two are, are set, right? It's, it will be Logos. It'll be potlatch and Kamii. Um, so they're, they're on the outside and that's tough. Right. And that's where the, this at large thing, when it's not, that's the, up uh, that's the opposite side of the coin, right? Instead of the, predetermined bracket right where you know you're in it's just left up to a computer to decide and the computer sees your five and three record as not as good as a three and five team um and maybe that that's that might be accurate um but it it always is on paper at least a tough pill to swallow so but that should be a fun one between potlatch and camii um up there that that should be a good matchup camii is looking really good um this year and that's another team that that who knows, you know, I, I feel like that one or, you know, two through five there in D one, it's, it's open. Any of them could make a run and, and, you know, Cami, I beat Butte County last year in the state playoffs. So uh, there's just a team to watch out for uh, over the next couple of weeks. Well, guys, it's been a fun hour 45. This went 45 minutes longer than I thought it would, but we knew that the rules were getting tossed out the window at Brandon guys. Brandon's going to look at this, when he gets home from his game tonight and go, what the heck do they why talk about? Why are you guys still on? Why, why are you still on? Yeah. And, and you're still on, but I had a good time. I, you know, I kind of regret getting fired from the eight man prep cast. That was always a lot of fun. And Brandon takes over and, and I don't, you know, he doesn't need me anymore. He puts me out to pasture. So it's, it's fun coming back. Um, but I did get to come back during the exciting time of year. You know, you guys, are the experts. You guys are really what makes all this tick. Um, And so one thing we like to do at Idaho sports is inform you, but also like to entertain. And hopefully there's still a little bit of both. Um, This is going to be archived. So you can go back and, you know, flip through to the things that pissed you off or the things that made you giggle, whichever one, Uh, you know, I think we did both tonight, obviously by the emojis that we're getting, but whatever you do, go back to the Idaho sports homepage and check out the bracketology update. Um, that Brandon kicked out. It's probably one of the most popular features that we that we do every year. Also, keep a look, um, keep an eye on the game stream schedule. Um, Logan and I were talking about that today. Once we know the playoff teams, where they're going to be at, um, that's when we can kind of put together a, a broadcast schedule based on where our broadcasters are, who's available, where we can send guys, which games we're allowed to do um, going into playoffs. So keep an eye on the broadcast schedule. Hopefully by Monday, um, we'll know that. Um, also the, you know, photo galleries, of course, we've got the best action fo- photo people in the, in the state, um, on the sidelines, including Will Henneke this year has been taking a lot of photos down there with this. A couple of them have even been in focus. I wouldn't go that far, but you have been on the sidelines. That's really my point was that you've been on the sidelines holding a camera. So we do want to thank you for joining us here. Uh, the eight man prep cast special edition. Uh, it was more intimate setting here with the four of us. We got to talk a little bit about um hopefully uh, as many teams as we could hopefully your team if you do have any questions um email logan if you have any complaints email will 
and he'll take care of that. Don't call the Idaho Sports uh, customer service number. That guy's a jerk. Uh, he won't answer, uh, and he'll just pass you off, I promise. So now wrapping things up, I want to say thanks to you guys. I want to say thanks to you know the fans that make it work for us. Uh, good luck to all the teams out there. Um, but I want to give each of you a chance to wrap up in your own little world um, about what happened here as well. So let's just, you know, start on the top, right. Uh, we'll go ahead and give, give us a quick wrap up on your thoughts of, of going into the playoffs and with how this eight man season went. I like it when as many teams as possible have something to play for in the final week. And there's a reason for us to be talking for an hour and 45 minutes on the last regular season of the week. So, or last week of the regular season. There we go. Uh, so I applaud the coaches, I applaud the teams, and I applaud the communities. It's been a, it's been a heck of a season, and we've got the the second season coming up here in just a couple weeks. Yep, Logan, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, same thing. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how everything shakes out. Um, my, my biggest thing, my takeaways are one um, AD two the bracket um, is a little unfortunate. Um, for some teams and, and that, that potentially might need to, and I think overall, maybe there needs to be some sort of human factor. I don't know the answer to that. And I'm sure it's probably more difficult than I'm making it. Um, but just what we're seeing, um, maybe if a human is involved just at all in, in, in analyzing teams, maybe that gets us a, a more even, um, bracket, but teams are going to do what they're going to do. They're not going to complain. They're just going to go out and they're just going to play. Um, and, Good luck, everybody, this last week of the regular season. Like Will said, tons to play for um, here, even if you're not in a championship game, right? Even if it's just a fourth, yep. third place. I mean, with max preps, it matters. Everything matters. Yep, Coach, say what hey. you want. Hey, this has been the most relaxing season I've had in a long time. <laughs> I bet it has. How, how many years did you coach before you stepped down? Uh, 22 at Curry and one at Oakley. And I said step down, not retire, because you're going to come back at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to lead that junior high to the national state championship. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun to be able to chat about all the different uh, schools and see see different teams rise and uh, some programs grow and some some of the kids that have been around a long time to continue to excel in their programs. To, uh, looking forward to this last week and, uh, and to the brackets as they play out. So good luck to everybody. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I do want to point out that there's holes here where I could put more hats. So if you're a uh, if you're an eight man coach or booster club, yeah, just get a hold of me and I'll tell you how you can send me a free hat. I'll even buy one from you. Uh, I just want to fill up this wall full of hats. He might even send you one. Okay. I mean, I've got like I said, I've got a carry yeah. camper right there, but I'm gonna guess. I mean, that was three four years ago when I got that. So there might be an updated one now. We got a new one for you. After that conversation with Lee J, I'm not sure what will come in the in the hat. But it's still a too late. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to pay for it. I'll have to wash it first. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Yeah, it's been a long two hours. That is going to wrap it up for us on the eight man prep cast extravaganza here on IdahoSports.com. Don't forget to like and share, and so that more people can enjoy it later on. For Will Henneke, for Coach Kirkland, and for the Logan Green, I'm merely Paul Kingsbury. We'll have a, a, a good postseason, and we'll see everybody on the sidelines. Thanks, guys.